I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and it helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado. With me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. Today is another day for new topics. Hooray. We've been talking stance the last couple times. Time to get emotional. Okay. Time to talk about our emotions. Sure. I'm a movie crier. Let's do it. I've gotten really into talking about underlying feelings recently. We've covered this quite a bit in the past. Um, Anger, shame, and fear are primary in the human experience. We end up talking about these all the time. Had had some fresh angles on this, which have been real helpful. And off mic, TJ and I spent an hour just like discussing this, and I don't know why we weren't recording just yet. But well, you may not have been recording. <laughs> Was it good stuff? I've got the backup. Sneak that in. <laughs> <laughs> well, to a uh, couple things to prime the pump here. Uh, for those of you who've been into our work for a while, uh, you'll be familiar with some of the language. For those of you just jumping into Enneagram, this might be a little bit more uh, advanced topic. So if that's where you're at, no worries. We have uh, our Start Here podcast is still up. And you know, we, we've had, seriously, I think we have had 2,000 samples of that awesome. so far. Great. So good, good stuff there. So if you are trying to find your type, or if you have people in your life who are looking to jump into Enneagram, find their type, do some basics, uh, just find the Start Here podcast. It's green and white, has our logo. It's good stuff there. I'd love to do some setup here, because we're going to be talking about anger, fear, and shame. Body types. TJ and I are, uh, TJ's a nine, I'm a one. We're a body type. So are eights. These types filter the world through a desire for control, and when they lack control, it elevates their anger. Uh, head types, five, six, sevens, filter the world with a desire for safety, and when they lack safety, they experience fear. Heart types, twos, threes, fours, filter the world through a desire for attention. When they lack desirable attention, that elevates a sense of shame. Anger, fear, and shame, these are just core to each of uh, the personality types. They're core to the human experience, and uh, we're going to be talking about those feelings throughout. Do you have to be a body type to be angry? No, of course not. Do you need to be a head type to feel fear? Definitely not. Apparently, these are part of all of our experiences, but our type, the, the underlying feeling of our type is more pronounced. It's the thing that many of us may say we struggle with most. And uh, worth naming. Yep. Yeah, we have a particular relationship with one of these three things. Because of that, that's worth asking, you know, how is it that each of us in our type experience these emotions? 
what is your relationship with fear? What's your relationship with shame? What's your relationship with anger? This will actually be different across the types, and this is really worth talking about. And I think part of how, like, we're, we're you know, we're going to get into all of this, but, like, th- this is a series on stance. So it it's anger, fear, and shame. We, we each have a particular relationship to one of those, but we have a particular relationship to the other two as well. Right. And so stance is going to influence our relationship to the underlying feeling associated with the intelligence center. One of the reasons that this is on my radar is that I don't feel like I experience a whole lot of fear. Sure. And from some of the other types, you've mentioned this, you don't experience a lot of shame. Right. I have a bunch of eight friends. They likewise want to say that shame just doesn't pop up in their experience. And just giving giving some language to that, real helpful. Uh, why is it the case that, you know, I, I'm kind of blind to fear or my eight buddies, nine buddies are blind to their shame? And when we get into stance... That actually, I think this is this is a clue. So how do we think about our type? How do we talk about the emotions we experience that are really, you know, surging? But also, how do we talk about the emotions that we're kind of blind to? That's where we're going to be heading. Great. I also think that uh, just, to, just to sort of reiterate what we were talking about when, uh, like, at the beginning, this these anger, fear, and shame each have a particular relationship to control, safety, and attention. And so when we are talking about anger, fear, and shame, we're not necessarily talking about what is commonly thought of as those terms. We're talking about anger as it relates to control. We're talking about shame as it particularly relates to attention. We're talking about fear as it relates to safety. Um, You know, I'm I'm afraid of the ocean, but that is not part of my experience of fear when it comes to the Enneagram. Uh, so, so just remember, like filtering these things through these particular definitions is going to be really important in understanding all of this. I think to get into where we're going, we just jump in. Great. You're a nine, I'm a one. I think we're starting there and talking through our experiences because our experiences are going to have, I I think are going to bleed into and really elevate the experiences of others. So starting with the ones, uh, as we said, ones are body types. Anger goes inward for ones. Anger for me is a constant underlying feeling. Anger for all the body types, as TJ says, about control, control of the world out there. For ones, control often is about themselves, their passions, their impulses, their performance. When ones fail, they can become angry, and that is about execution. It's about feeling like uh, they can't yeah, control themselves and how they relate to the world. Now, for all the types... I want you to imagine that you have energy. It's like energy that's pouring through you, and all that energy gets filtered. And for ones, the primary energy gets converted into that kind of anger, and that anger is directed at themselves first. And this, in my mind, is what really makes ones into ones. The, like All of us have energy for getting what we want, 
it pours through you in a certain way, and ones have formed such that they use that energy to first address themselves, how they execute, how they, you know, whether or not um, they have good things within them, they're going to spill out into the world, they're going to you know, attain what they need. They convert and direct that energy, and that's why anger goes inward at themselves when you know they're not achieving the ideals that they imagine. That anger is prominent, but notice what should we then say, you know, about fear, or what should we say about ones and shame? Lots of stuff to talk about here. In my experience, there's so much energy, uh, that angry energy, that it's almost like I don't have room for the shame or the fear. Like I have to go to a different place to experience those sorts of uh, of emotions, and I think that's a that's a place to begin. It's starting with fear. Fear is a future-oriented emotion, and it's just not on my radar. I'm just not a fearful person. And I think one of the reasons I'm not a fearful person is I just don't have the capacity to think about those things. I'm in the present. I'm in the here and now. I'm thinking about how I'm engaging other people or how I'm engaging the world. And so fear just doesn't, it just doesn't pop like it does for other types. Right. Um, you got thoughts on that? Well, and I, I even think that like because ones are in that earning stance, they are repressed in their thinking center and fear and thinking center go together. And so ones that because they are thinking repressed are sort of fear repressed. Like it's it's not it's not part of how they navigate the world because their thinking center is underdeveloped. And there's the connection. Yeah. There's something about our repressed center. Ones, twos, sixes are all thinking repressed. Ones, twos, and sixes are all going to have an interesting relationship to fear. But for me, my that's it. My relationship is because I'm thinking repressed, I just don't have the underlying feeling associated with thinking types. Right. Um, apparently, my thinking repression, my lack of fear, they, they seem to go together and lo and behold, as we begin to go around the circle, I think you're going to see that over and over and over again. Yep. Ones being present focused or constantly responding to the anger that they are directing at themselves, and they don't have time to think about the future in that way. Yep. Now, does that mean I never experience fear? No. But what actually happens in my experience is that something, it's almost like something breaks or something hits me out of nowhere. Like I'm, I'm often blindsided by fear. I wasn't expecting it. And then suddenly it's there and it's an emotion I'm not used to. It's right. a, it's an emotion I'm not used to wrestling through. And so I engage fear awkwardly when, when I'm actually put into places of anxiety and it takes me quite a while to get my head around things that are you know, ought to be seen as terrifying. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any other thoughts there about ones and fear, but that is going to be a pattern that we're going to see through the other types, and it'll be interesting to come back to. Right. The other emotion is one I am familiar with, and it's shame. And there's a reason that I'm familiar with shame, and it's because shame is the underlying feeling of my stress number. When I go into four space, as a one, when I go into four space, it's often 
the case that I'm going there because something has broken relationally uh, or I am becoming introspective about things that I haven't done correctly. And so I'm looking inside at my emotions and using four tools to navigate. But in with those four tools comes the shame associated with, you know, the filter there at four. Mm-hmm. And so I don't normally feel like a, you know, I'm not filtering the world through shame. Shame isn't an ever-present emotion as it is in some people's lives. But when I go into stress, shame is there to, to give me a high five and say, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the, the unhealthy, healthy dynamic is also at play here as well, because if you go into stress and grab onto the tools that are available to you in a good and healthy way, then shame is present, but it's not, it's not in control. Yep. And when you fall into stress in really unhealthy ways, shame sort of takes the driver's seat for a few minutes. This may be one of the clues, in fact, to what it looks like to go into your stress number in a healthy way or go into it in an unhealthy way, Mm -hmm. a destructive way. If you're really experiencing the underlying feeling of your stress number, it might be a clue that you're going more to the low side, yeah? Right. Because, yeah, the... All three of these feelings, the the way they sort of assert themselves in our lives, it, it they they aren't there to help us necessarily, especially when we're unaware of them. So going to our stress number in unhealthy ways means that that feeling is going to become dominant, and it's not there to help us. It's there to 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 make us feel bad. Yeah. I'm on the fence on on that one. I think I have an intuition that sometimes shame, fear, and anger can be corrective, but if they're given power, they'll they'll kill you. Right. Um, it, it's one of those things. Like you, you got to be incredibly cautious if you're giving them a huge voice in your right. heart and life. Well, I, I think yeah, it comes down to who's who's actually driving the bus. If you're yeah. driving the bus, then shame, fear, and anger can be very valuable. If shame, fear, or anger are driving the bus, you're headed for a cliff. Yeah. And that's, I suppose that would be the question, right? So for ones, you can see that I have those three experiences of those three emotions. I'm generally wrestling with and thinking about the world, filtering the world through that prism of I would like control and anger is just kind of always there. I hit shame when I go into stress and I, and I start reflecting on the past. I start reflecting more about relationships and those dynamics. I'm much more aware of other, how other people see me when I go to stress and fear is just something that if it ever emerges is I'm probably blindsided by it. Mm -hmm. And it says quite a bit about the fact that, you know, I'm a thinking repressed person. And that's my stance. Right. Nines are going to be different. And in fact, three three sixes and nines, the shock points, um, are all going to be very different in their relationship to the three emotions. Um, You want to talk about your experience of of anger? 
Yeah, uh, so nines are dominant in the anger space, but also repressed. We are withdrawn types in our stance, which means that we don't have a good relationship to our anger. Uh, we are actively working to uh, avoid it, uh, to ignore it, to let it not affect us. And that means that we're bad at it and it comes out of us sideways. And uh, so in thinking about the way that anger has sort of prominence in my life, it's like this underlying tone that I can't get rid of, but I don't know how to deal with. I want to suggest, and we're going to play this thought out, that three sixes and nines who sit in the center of uh, their intelligence center, that the underlying feeling of their center is something that they are actively repressing or even yeah. at war with. Yep. So for nines, nines are actively repressing anger. For sixes, they are actively repressing fear. And for threes, they're actively repressing their shame. And oftentimes, you may even bring in the language of stance here. Nines will do so in kind of a withdrawn way. Right. We'll, we'll deal with their anger by withdrawing. Threes are going to be assertive in overcoming any obstacle, anything that's going to make them look bad. They are going to, uh, you know, going to overcome that because they are at war with their shame. Mm -hmm. And and sixes obviously are reactive to their fear yeah. in terms of how they are in the world. Yeah. So that fits. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> and and it's it's part of our language. I think we just haven't like it's part of the language of the Enneagram, but I don't think that we, I've seen the dots connected in this way before. So the the idea that that these shock points are sort of within their stance reacting to their underlying feeling is it just it fits so nicely. I like it. One last thing we might say, and this is, is always a confusing thing for folks, especially three sixes and nines and understanding the shock points, is that, okay, you take in the world through your center. You're a, you're a body type, but you don't engage the world through your body. How does that work? And this might be a great clue into that. Mm -hmm. Nines are going to take in the world through their body, but are actively repressing their anger, and so they're not engaging the world through their body. Right. This I see this in the life of of uh, my beautiful bride all the time in terms of feelings. Feelings are so powerful in her heart that in order to not be just overwhelmed by them, not to be shamed by them. You know, they like shame but uh, feelings don't aren't aren't very effective. <laughs> They're not efficient. Yeah. They don't get things done. They're yeah. a big fat They're obstacle. They're messy. There is an active putting them in their place kind of activity. So she's mm -hmm. taking in the world as a three in through her heart, but not engaging the world through her heart because of that. Right. And so to, you want to describe yeah, sixes and, on that and sixes similarly, uh, but through their stance, taking in everything through this data centric um, fear kind of space, everything comes through that thinking center, but engaging that is, is much more reactive and, and dependent on the, the fact that they don't think well means that they don't know how to deal with their fears. So they are actively warring against their fears at all times, but in this unthinking, uh, not unthinking, unproductive thinking and 
dependent kind of way. They need other people to help them deal with their fears. They need other resources around them to help manage their fears because they can't do it themselves. That's why they're always thinking about the worst case scenarios because if they are prepared for all situations, then maybe they won't be unsafe. To bring the theory then full circle where I'm blindsided by fear, TJ has talked about this in the past being, you know, just very aware of his anger, but for nines that, you know, they'll hit a tipping point and mm-hmm. suddenly the anger will erupt. Yeah. And it feels like that's more the move for three sixes and nines. Yeah. Yeah. I am blind. I am aware that anger is present, but I am entirely unaware of the fissures in which it leaks out. And so when it does, it's, it's usually it's a surprise. It's something that doesn't deserve the anger and, the way that it comes out is entirely overblown. Yep. And that's why I see with with feelings in threes mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Is like the the feelings are put in their their proper place up until the point where they can't be held back anymore and then they they just surge with a lot of right. energy. Right. Um how is that is that same movement going on with sixes? Yes, uh, but it's. I think we just naturally talk about it more with sixes because mm-hmm. it's it's so much more present all the time. That that fear, the way that their thoughts are overwhelming them, is is always present for them. And if you know sixes, if they're comfortable with you, they're probably talking about it all the time because they don't know how to deal with their thoughts. It's just their their thinking is outside of themselves yeah Yeah. that's i suppose how i would assume it would work for sixes is they are warring against their fears and they're Mm -hmm. doing so in a very verbal way a very relational way that's one posture towards your fears but then there's the point where something actually is imminent is there do, do sixes experience a downshift you know do they shift into a different gear at some point in the same way that a three or a nine might. I don't know that I've seen that, but again, I don't have a lot of, you know, close relationships in that way. I think yes, but I also struggle to say yes because because the the thinking and the self-doubt come in and say that it's not okay to speak your mind in this way because they are earners, they have to do what other people expect of them. And so, so like really letting that out and sort of like freaking out with fear is inappropriate. Mm. Yeah. Might circle back to that. I'm going to, I'm going to think on this for a little bit, but, um, and obviously if you're a six and you can speak to that, uh, do hit us up. And this might be Uh, part of the place where the counterphobic comes out a little bit more, mm -hmm. but love to then apply the rest of this theory to Eights. Eights and sevens are both going to be blindsided by shame because both eights and sevens are, I think, self-described as, you know, as shameless for the most part. You see Mm -hmm. this vibrantly, I think, in a lot of eights who almost boast in their shamelessness, admit it, are happy to tell the crass joke, are happy to tell, 
you know, say the uh, off color thing. Right. Um, they bring up the elephant in the room just for fun because there's an elephant here and this is going, you know, going to be enjoyable. Right. And all the rest of us are like, we're not going to talk about that elephant. And, and eights who have no shame are like, look at that elephant. We're going to talk about it now. Yep. You suckers. <laughs> There's something about eights and sevens at times where it's like, how how high can I turn the knob on the cringe factor for mm-hmm. everyone else? Yeah. This is case in point. Eights are very aware of their anger, that their anger is going outward. They want control. They're, they're seeking control. One of the ways that eights can actually get into control is right here. They can dominate conversations, make people feel uncomfortable by bringing up things that nobody else will. And notice that is a way of locking down their environment, right? And and being able to move the conversation where they where they wish, and not feel like they're you know in a vulnerable position because right. they can assert. Almost like shame is is a sort of deflector shield, like yep. they they're they're using shame to keep other people in check but they aren't feeling it themselves. Some of us have seen this and it happens with more mature eights where more mature eights are able to see their effect on others, especially when they really screw up, Mm -hmm. when they really mess up a relationship and they understand it, that the, the types of apologies that eights will offer are really different than most of the other types. Right. They're very aggressive. They often like are calling down, you know, pain on themselves for how badly they have mismanaged, you know, something that seems to me to be the face of shame in the life of an eight. Well, and I, I would even say that there's, there's an element of like sort of recognizing, but not giving any power to the shame. That, like like the the sort of aggressiveness still plays a role there because they they mature eights are going to recognize the places where they have messed up where they have have done like like you said done things that that hurt other people and where for a lot of the rest of us where shame would come in and say you're a bad person shame in the life of an eight is more likely to say you did a bad thing. Mm. Yeah. I like this image of eights knowing that shame has real power. Yeah. And so you can't necessarily let it in. And I think you're right on the doing a bad thing here. The thing that was going through my mind as you were speaking was, I think some particularly religious eights or of a certain persuasion where mm-hmm. it's just very aggressive in their like repentant attitude. Mm-hmm. They may actually push hard, almost like a lustfulness into the repentant posture sure, and give shame power in that way. Mm, sure. I suppose I've seen that person, but again, asleep to shame for the most part, you right. know, it's, right. it's not on the radar. Right. One thing worth noting here is, again, the underlying feeling of the security number for an eight is shame. So eights go to two in security, and shame is the underlying feeling of twos. 
Right. Here's here's the thing. It's really tricky to go perhaps to the low side or feel the underlying feeling when you're secure. It's almost like those are opposites. It's kind of oil and water kind of situation. It's the same with ones going to seven. Sevens are the thinking triad. Sevens are a fear type. Ones going to security are in seven, but they're not necessarily feeling fear when they're secure. And that there there might be a clue there into right. you know why this is a blind spot again. Right. Similar with uh, we we didn't talk about the arrows at all with nines, but there's there's not necessarily shame in security uh, for nines who move to three, and there's fear does play a, a much stronger role in stress when they move to six. That's correct. There's only two types, in fact, where this is not the case, and one of them is sevens. Yep. We'll bring up sevens now. Or wait, no, I need to talk about eights and uh, fear, because eights actually do feel fear. Right, yeah. And eights feel fear when they go to stress. Right. In moving to five space, eights are, are the, the fear of eights. The, they're engaging their head in, uh, in five space, and the accompanying fear of, of that, uh, if you're especially if you're going low into five space, is going to emerge for for eights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, that that stress move, like the loss of control, is a, a fearful experience for eights. Eights who are typically like in total control because they they take the reins of their life and and when they experience that kind of loss of control that stress move is a fearful place for eights. There's like it's it's just that simple. Yeah. yeah. On the seven front, it's kind of the opposite here. Sevens are a fear type. Also, can come across as as shameless. The seven, like ones, actually, they have an underlying feeling, fear. It's going inward. So just as anger goes inward for ones, fear for seven goes inward. And that's why sevens can be so active. They're actually trying to outrun what they fear within with new and exciting things that may replace or overcome or overwhelm that kind of inner posture of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about sevens and 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 the lack of shame that you might see in sevens. Yeah. I think that there's like sevens are like always want to be on the sunny side of the street and shame lives on the other side, you know? And so like, like if they're sort of ignoring the, the bad half of all emotions, like that's where shame is. So, so they're, they're trying to outrun it as well as, and, and I think that I see shame the the way that it plays a role in seven's life is is they want to reframe it. So all of the sevens that I know have hilarious, awesome, incredible stories about something terrible that happened to them. The worst audition at UNC at the University of Northern Colorado for the musical theater program ever was my best friend and he loves telling the story it's such an incredible story of a terrible terrible audition and he loves telling the story because it's so funny it's so entertaining and he just took this shame and made it entertaining for the rest of us like he just (laughs) reframed what happened tj and i have a friend who has that story it's an epic story of him uh crapping his pants 
in a car on his way home trying to clean off with bleach wipes at some point prior to getting back to, mm-hmm. to his house, yeah. having cops pull up, having the situation where he found himself finally like naked and then pulling up to his house and the folks who rented the, the, you know, the apartments above his, which was a basement apartment, were having a party and he had to walk into yeah. the basement. Yeah. And by the way, this was all on a date. <laughs> It is affectionately known as the catastrophe, the catastrophe. in our circle. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, sevens take their shame and they turn it into something positive. That's it. And and so so like their their experience of shame is just it it's a different kind of experience as the rest of us. Epic story. Yeah. One seven that I was speaking to this week said. Shame says you are bad. Why would I why would I embrace those kinds exactly. of feelings? Yep. Yep. Excellent call. And notice too that uh, like all all of this uh, we we teased it a few minutes ago but sevens and twos they don't have access to one of the centers. So so all of us have a line, a wing, something with all three centers except for sevens and twos. Sevens do not have normal access to their feeling center, the place where shame lives. And that's like they, they are cut off from the lower half and they're trying to outrun all of the negative things. And so their relationship to shame is just like it, it's just a different kind of thing because they don't have normal access to that feeling center. Love that. Sevens do experience anger, and it's, again, in their stress number. Right. Uh, the frustration at one, but even the the anger at themselves can come up into mm-hmm. the life of a seven. Yeah. When uh, when they go to the low side at one. You got yeah. thoughts on, on sevens and yeah, anger? Yeah, notice that, like, when the rest of us screw up, mess things up, hurt other people. It's often the case that we feel some amount of shame and sevens not knowing how to interpret their shame because they normally just reframe it. That is act like anger sort of replaces that it's, it's anger directed at the self for the things that I've done wrong. It's anger at the, the way, the lack of opportunities that I have in front of me. It's um, like, it's almost like instead of having shame, they experience anger in its place. Yep. In that stress move. Brings us to sixes, in which we've already teased that sixes are going to take in the world through their head, but not engage the world through their head. And so one of the reasons perhaps that they're not engaging the world through their head is that they're actively repressing their fears and they're at war with their fears. Right. I need to chew on this, but I heard a six this week say that fear masks as anxiety. And that was her way of talking Mm. about the difference between the two and what it looks like to, you know, to go to war with fear that, um, yeah, I don't know if that pops for you, but it was a, it was a phrase I've been chewing on. Yeah. But nines are asleep. We're a withdrawn from our anger and and so we we don't know how to engage with it because we we try to step away from it the 
the six relationship to fear is is all about the mind. And so that, that misinterpreting and like misunderstanding what fear is and sort of experiencing it as anxiety, like it, because it's present with them and they're not engaging it in productive ways, it sort of seeps into their other spaces and comes out as anxiety. Yep. I'm curious about this for three sixes and nines. I experience my anger and it's also it's it's almost as though anger is very much a part of me and my experience of anger. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if that's how three sixes and nines experience anger, shame and fear. Is it part of you or is it something that is actually repulsive, needs to be pushed away? It's separate from myself. I'm trying to, you know, see it as something different. You know what I mean there? I think the answer is yes. Right. It's about It's like if you really, really hated your left hand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that that stupid <laughs> SOB just messes everything up and I just want to get rid of it. But you can't because it's your hand. I don't know that I ever think I mean, a lot of uh folks when talking about ones will want to talk about the inner critic. And that being, you know, the personification of inward anger, mm-hmm. self-condemning anger. I could see it kind of like that, but um, I don't know. That, that, that is helpful for me, I think, in terms of thinking about three sixes and nines, that it's like, <laughs> it's like the left hand you hate. That's yep. funny. Sixes will also experience shame when they go to, uh, when they go to stress. Uh, you want to talk about sixes and shame? Yeah, so because anxiety and like all the the things that sixes are doing to try and quell the fears uh, have to do with connecting to other people, connecting to other resources, and and just doing what's expected of them. When that move to stress comes, it's like it's so much about how they have failed, and and other people are going to abandon them. And so like that, that feeling space gets totally wrapped up in the anxiety barbed wire and, and just gets ripped apart. Like that, that shame comes out and, and becomes prominent in stress because the reason that they're stressed is probably something that they did or didn't do. Yeah. See the energy. We, we talk about this in our stress and security conference that we just did, but you'll see that sixes will become much more assertive in stress. Mm-hmm. In fact, we might say that some of that, you know, that shame is propelling their aggressiveness right. there. As you were saying, you know, there's been something that's broken with the community at that point. In fact, we could have gone back through them all. Like ones are going to withdraw into shame. Eights are going to become, you know, withdraw into fear. It's not how nines work. Nines are actually going to become much more reactive with their fear, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then seven sevens are going to become much more reactive with their self condemnation. Right. This I did this thing. Now I, I got now it's I got to deal with this. Right. And so to here, sixes are going to get up. Can be become a lot more assertive. A, a lot of times this comes out. I in my experiences of sixes as a pay attention to me posture, but the the fuel behind the pay attention to me is is that is 
that's what the shame is, is propelling that, is mm-hmm. nobody is giving me the attention or the right kind of attention. Right. I don't think of sixes as defensive, but that's what goes through my mind there. Um, like I think you just haven't experienced sixes being defensive. Yeah. Uh, be, the defensiveness seems to me to come out in a way that sort of doubles down on their doubt. Like it, it's oh, almost okay. a, a negative defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Almost like a see I told you so kind of move coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's that's what my intuition would be. Although sure. I again I I just haven't I don't have enough uh I don't have enough data. Well and it, it in my experience it that sort of move the the posture behind it is defensive. Mm-hmm. It's I knew this would happen. Why did you disbelieve me kind of right. Last uh, emotion for sixes is anger. Anger is going to be the underlying feeling of their security number at nine. So mm-hmm. again, it's a kind. Of, it's it's not necessarily a blind spot, but you want to talk about sixes and, and anger. I think that sixes actually have a, a much like the security space for every other type that we've talked about. That their relationship to anger is when they're in security. That like that's that's the place where you don't feel anger. So they don't really have the kind of anger that we're talking about when it comes to control. I think sixes feel normal anger just like everyone else and their relationship to the kind of anger that's available at nine is just, it's they don't experience it be the same because that's a security place. Right. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. My, my spouse, does she does get angry. But it's always like really appropriate. I imagine is it uh, is it about her spaces as well, and the things that other people have failed to do, and when when people hurt the tribe, oh, I see anger come out in really appropriate ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll think more on that. Well, let's talk about fives. Fives are going to be uh, again head types. Dominant underlying feeling is fear. This is going to be the first type that is uh, asleep to their anger. Fours, fives are, are both going to have an interesting relationship with, with anger. Right. I think that fives can come across sometimes as angry. That person is stupid uh, kind of posture. But, in but my I, don't experience, think, I don't think the emotion is behind it. Yeah. Yeah. It takes, it takes a real push to mm-hmm. get a five legitimately angry, you know, and throwing punches. Right. And and even like when we're talking about the anger of control of loss of control, the fives aren't giving people enough things to take control of mm-hmm. to experience that kind of anger. I could see fives getting angry when others question them. Uh, when when people doubt, perhaps their knowledge or insight, or they might become more defensive of the, the the things that they know. But even there, I think that's less about the things that they know. Uh, I think that's less about anger for the sake of like defense, and more about like anger at the fact that you're wrong and arguing with me. Yeah. 
oh, is there a yeah protectiveness of their their energy perhaps at that level? Yeah, and and also like a, an intolerance for people not willing to accept the truth. It's not that I'm upset; it's that you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious, like other people accepting the truth. Four or five. If other people accept truths about the world, it creates security for the five. Yeah, mm-hmm. is could it be the case? I I heard a five this week say that they feel fearful, but it might materialize as anger. And as we're talking, that's kind of what's going rolling through my head. Sure, but the, um, there again, like we're we're still talking about them being sort of asleep to their anger. So yeah. so their fear is translated into some type of outward expression. But I don't think it's that they feel anger. I think that's right. Yeah, but that would go alongside when we look at sevens and eights in shame. Right. We'll look at ones, we'll look at twos in a second in terms of fear. It's the same, same sort of story. It's mm-hmm. a, they're going to get blindsided by it. Right. I have seen my youngest child erupt. Sure. But also, you know, teenagers. Yeah. They often erupt and then kind of become conscious of it and, and pivot mm-hmm. pretty quick. Sure. sure. Real, real similar to our description of, of eights and dealing with their own shame. That's, that's essentially what I see with fives and their anger. Right. Thing about fives is when fives go into their stress number, they're going to seven and seven is also a fear type. Right. So both fours and fives are going to, are going to go into numbers that share the same underlying feeling as their center. So fives are a fear type. They go to seven. That's a fear type. You want to talk about doubling down on fears? <laughs> well, I think that like there's a there's the doubling down, but there's also like the the possibility that they'll they'll f- be out of phase and cancel each other out. <laughs> you know, like like this is part of like when fives move into stress, they can s- often become like, an entertainer. Like they're trying to get they're trying to sort of escape the stress and, and part of how they might do that is by reaching for fun things and, and trying to become uh, the trying to ease the tension in the room or whatever. So like there, there is the, the part where like this, the fear does double down and, and sort of starts to turn inward and, and like you get all of that, but you also can get a canceling out of the fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no idea where to go at this point to talking about fives and shame. Um, in rolling in the back of my head is kind of a critique of fives that they're not emotionally engaging. Mm-hmm. And there's almost an appeal to their, their sense of, of shame there. But I don't know. Yeah, I I have no idea where to go here. Yeah, I I think that fives don't experience shame as an emotion. I think they experience it from an observational space. Mm. I imagine, so I talked about this with ones earlier that all of us have energy that's just primal. Mm-hmm. And that energy flows into us and it's navigated, it's directed given our type into getting the things that we want. And so all of us, given our type, we get things that we want 
you know, through our type. I, as a one, I just am, anger is robust. The other two emotions are, are there in different ways. For fives, it seems like just that the funnel for fear is so much larger. Right. And the, and the shame and anger are just really, really, you know, low on the, on the radar. Right. Ellen, even thinking about, uh, like the, the security move to eight anger doesn't necessarily play that much of a role there. They're just stepping into the space where they, their energy becomes big and they take charge of the room and, Mm -hmm. and anger, what, what role it does play is as a tool to navigate this. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that they're feeling anger and security, which is true for everyone else as well. I mean, that could be a place where I can see the five who, who suddenly thinks you're an idiot, you know, because they're so secure in their knowledge that then Mm -hmm. they, in eight space, the anger might materialize a little bit, but that's a, that's a tricky spot. What's interesting to me as I'm talking about it is I, I don't know this about fives that it's just, you know, it's 98% fear. But when we talk about fours, I do know that it's 98% shame. Right. Because fives hold everything back and fours put everything out there. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Moving to fours, they're going to experience that same thing. Shame is their underlying feeling, but in stress, they go to two and two is also uh, a shame number. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to have a very similar experience of a little bit of anger, perhaps a little bit of fear. We're going to have to talk about those, but really the underlying feeling uh, fours are going to live in that space. So right. let's talk about fours in, and, uh, and anger then. Yeah. You have thoughts on this would be the blind spot yep. for fours. How are fours going to experience anger? Uh, as shame. <laughs> as shame. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that um, when fours experience anger, like the type of anger associated with this kind of control, they don't really know what to do with it because it's like, like we've been saying it's like they're they're sort of repressed in that fear space and anger is a propellant anger is causes movement like that's that's one of the things that happens with anger is you do something about it and if you aren't gonna do something about it then you just sort of like sit in the feeling and um and i think that that will often push fours into sort of doubling down on that withdrawal like that because they feel shame about the anger and, Mm. and not knowing how to process the anger and, and also the fact that they aren't doing anything with it. And I, I also think that when it comes out, they may not be aware of how clear it is to the rest of us that anger is present because they're just giving into the heat of the moment they're just being true to themselves and sure. And so for the rest of us, like, wow, you were really angry. And they're like, what thing that goes through my mind here is to bring back in, uh, the image of control and anger going together. Mm -hmm. Force fives and nines don't necessarily need to, or feel the, the urge to control the world around them. Right. We retreat For for it. Yeah. For, for fours, it's very much 
the romantic visions can be, and often are, I imagine, much more robust and tangible than the actual world, or perhaps mm-hmm. the you know the world of the past is much more tangible than what's presently in front of me. Sure. And in living in those spaces, processing those spaces, engaging those spaces in one's, especially in one's heart, not just in one's thinking, is is where the four is living. There isn't the impulse to to maneuver the things out there. There is the impulse and the deep desire for other people to see me and my my emotional life. Yeah, right. This is said often, but if you if you have not yet gotten a chance to join us, we meet once a month on Zoom. About twenty twenty five of us uh, will will assemble at times. Uh, one of the fours speaking on this topic just said something brilliant, and I just wanted to... I, I butchered the quote on my paper, but it worked for me in, in the moment. <laughs> I was like, this is so great. Um, she said uh, about her own anger, this four, I use the language of anger to relate to other people. It neutralizes shame so that I can communicate. Um, anger is something that other people understand, so I use it to communicate so that they can see me better. Um, that is a that is a scribbled down. I didn't quite get the quote right. It was sure. much more poetic than that. But but the idea really fascinated me in in terms of understanding what anger is and that other people understand that. And mm-hmm. if I were to articulate my shame to you, it would just overwhelm. It would be too much. So I'm going to use the language of anger to engage where you're coming from so that you can see where I'm coming from. Sure. Yeah, I like that a lot. That was helpful for me. Yeah. I also think it speaks to the, um, I think that person is, has. it sounds like they've done a lot of work and this is drawing on the tool available to them in their security place, mm-hmm. which is one of the places where they get anger. Yeah. And, and so like, like that movement to one gives you this tool to be able to improve the way that you interact with other people. Oh, okay. So you're saying that when a four is in relationships where they are feeling seen, that may actually give them access to a different kind of vocabulary in one space? Yeah. They're, they're, they're feeling secure. Mm-hmm. And and just the the fact of the the self awareness of this person, mm-hmm. uh, at, at least the the telephone version of the quote that you've given, uh, is it communicates that this person understands what anger is useful for, and uses it to better communicate. Yeah, and that seems like a really healthy perspective on anger. I agree. From a four. I agree. One of the other fours on, on our fantastic Zoom calls, which you can find at aroundthecircle.org under events, the, uh, uh, she brought up the language of being allergic. And this mm. works for all the types, I think, in terms of these, these blind spots. Mm-hmm. That ones, twos, and sixes are all allergic to fear. 
it comes out in different ways where the sixes are, are reacting to it, processing it, trying to get the, the community around them to help confront it. Mm-hmm. It's not how the one is allergic to fear. For me, fear is one of those things. It's probably toxic if it's even there at all for me. And I probably just need, I need to kick it out. Why would I want to be consumed with, with fear? That's debilitating True. for twos. I imagine fear is something, well, one, they're not necessarily going to be aware of their own needs, but if fear is is a present experience, I imagine they have the ability to help others with their fear, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the, there's going to be a positive spin against the thing that other people are fearful, you know, of. Yeah. For sevens, eights, and threes, allergic to shame, it works the same way. For yeah. fours, fives, and nines, I think... I. I don't know that this gets articulated all that often, but I think fours, fives, and nines, they're not impressed with other people's anger. <laughs> you know, that's it's not a yeah. it's not necessarily a motivator. Yeah. Um, it's certainly the case, especially in relationships. I've seen a lot of relationships that are four, eight parent child relationships mm-hmm. where the four, let's say the four is the child, the anger that the eight parent is throwing their way, like they just have a sh- like kind of a shield for that yeah. or you know it just it's, doesn't it, work yeah yeah and so too you know the eight parent is allergic to the shame you know the that mm-hmm. that kind of energy coming from the child yeah anyway yeah, i thought I get that language of allergic oh that was helpful mm-hmm. last word on uh, i suppose we haven't talked about fours and fear but again that's kind of a it's a strange little spot on right in, t- in theory uh, you got thoughts on fours and fear? Well, they be, because I think that so much of, and we could probably retroactively apply this same principle to fives as well, but uh, the so much of fear is a mental process and fours are using their mental processes to think about their feelings. Mm-hmm. So the way that they experience fear is is perhaps sort of wrapped into their feelings about other people and how other people feel about them. And Oh, sure. And so it's not necessarily like, like fear about the future and things that might happen. It sort of like undergirds this, their, their sense of shame in a way. Like it, it, it's just not something that they really lean into. Their fears are more about relationships than anything else. Yep. It's the opposite side of the coin to your five explanation, yeah. which I thought was solid, where the five is going to be thinking about their own emotional life, but it's mm-hmm. there's a detachment there. Right. The four is going to be feeling the things that they're thinking about. Right. And, and there may be access to fear in that space. Right. But it, it's in this weird sort of like detached kind of way. Their, their fear is about their shame. Whereas for fives, their shame is about their fear. Yep. Which means they don't tell anyone about it. That's good. Threes. Threes are uh, the third of the shameless triad. You know, the thing about shame doesn't serve a purpose. It's not (laughs) efficient in getting things done. Right. Why would you want to give that any power? Seriously. It's just messy. Threes uh, who have a fantastic radar for what the world wants, I think are highly motivated by their shame in the same way that nines are motivated by their tip. Well, nines are going to what confront 
war against their anger. Threes are going to war against their shame, and they're going to do so by winning mm-hmm. and do so by thinking about next Tuesday and how they're going to get there first and they're going to shine and look amazing. And shame's just going to, ain't going to have no toehold. Right. Right. Yeah. The nines are unengaged with their anger and don't know what, don't really want to do anything with it. So they withdraw from it and ignore it. Sixes are, uh, unproductive in their fear and and like are constantly working to try and figure it out and threes are like nope we're going in a different direction we are not going to feel shame today that seems really clean to me yeah threes going into the low side of nine are going to experience anger i think especially when they aren't getting the rest they desire They've been on stage, they've done the job, they've taken the step back. Things are still messy in their spaces they've tried to retreat to, and anger can come forth in those spots. Mm -hmm. I think that like the, the lack of attention, the loss of attention, the stress of missing out on attention pulls them into this withdrawn place and and that's anger lives there and says, Hey, how you doing? Uh, let's talk about all of the people that wronged you to push you here mm-hmm. and and all of the ways that not only other people have wronged you, but also the ways that you've failed, but also you can't admit that you failed, so let's double down on the other people that have messed this up. There could be... Uh, that's it. The I imagine the anger for threes can come in and other people didn't appreciate me mm-hmm. my presence didn't matter right. uh, the, uh, the retreating in the nine space after the three has experienced failure that's a big one and perhaps yeah. the anger of feeling uncomfortable mm-hmm. with that situation yeah and and i i think the power of threes actively choosing resignation mm-hmm. cannot be understated when they give up on something, it's usually a, from an anger space. Going the opposite way, going to security for threes. Uh, you got a word on threes and fear? Yeah, I don't. I don't really know threes that experience fear because there's always something to do about fear. And like, like, why would you experience fear if you could just work to not have fear? Just do what's necessary and get ready. And so, like, like being in that because that fear exists in their security place. I don't think that it plays the same kind of role. In the same way that, like, I I don't do shame really, and sixes don't really do anger in the same way. You know. Place, the only place that I can think of fear really emerging is something like this. Threes are so good at achieving all the things. Mm-hmm. There are some spheres that are really important to you that you can't control. Sure. And so they're like uh, my, my wife suffered with long COVID here for the last year and her inability to make her body better after doing everything 
like mm-hmm. cutting out every, you know, there's no salt, there's no alcohol, there's, you know, you're only vegetables, you're eating all your vitamins, you're taking these 12 pills the doctor gave you, you're doing the right exercise. And it's still the case. This is not getting better. It's not getting better. And I have done every possible thing I could think of, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's uh, again, kind of a, 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 you're blindsided by the fact that you hit that spot mm-hmm. and then the fear pops suddenly. Sure. And I, I wonder if fear isn't really about shame in that space. And it could be, yeah. Because I, something is wrong with me that I couldn't achieve this. Yeah. I, I suppose to spin it this way, the the fear comes in in that space where the three thinks maybe it's always going to be like this. Mm, sure. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna get better. Yeah. That that's where I've seen it, and maybe this is it. It's it's threes hitting spaces where there's nothing you can possibly do to change the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then you begin to future problem solve. Sure. And what you're coming up is with just zeros, you know, you're <laughs> coming up with strikes. You're coming up. The, uh, that might be like an entry point. Yeah. But again, it's, it's their blind spot. Right. Twos. Last number here. Twos are heart types with their underlying feeling being shame. Twos are going to be blind also to, to fear. Uh, you want to talk about as, as a thinking repressed type, uh, what do you, what goes through your mind with twos and fear? Yeah. Uh, much like sevens who don't have access to the feeling center and don't have uh, any kind of normal relationship to their shame. I think that twos, uh, in the earning sort of posture, when, their relationship to fear is broken in a similar way, but because they're earners, they say, no, let me take care of this so that like, I'm not going to deal with my fear. I'm going to take care of your fears. Yep. Got some positive spin there. Yeah. Twos do have a relationship to anger. And those of us who are close to twos have seen this come out, especially at the low side of stress. Um, right. They're gonna they're gonna go into eight space. We've talked about twos having kind of a mama bear surge of of aggression that can come in and stress. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, I I think it becomes uh, like a wildfire in unhealthy stress, and I think it becomes a a a, a carefully controlled. Uh, the fire was the wrong metaphor. I should have used sword <laughs> or knife or something because I, I think that like when twos are healthy and move into stress places, anger becomes a tool for them to navigate spaces that they normally wouldn't be able to handle mm-hmm. the way that they should. Yeah. I suppose in my mind, this might be one of those places where you can see the positive of the underlying feelings at some mm-hmm. points is I think you're right. The the twos engaging anger, that's not always a negative. Right. That that may be something that can can be constructive. So there there can be a healthy side there. Right. Um one of the things is uh, we've said this a couple times in the past, but I'll just repeat it here is that in your stress number, part of, part of the, the tool at your stress number is to get you back to center. And so if that anger helps 
the two get back into their heart, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it's there for. If, if, yep. if, if the fear helps the eight get back into their body, that's a, that's a real positive. Right. Um, et cetera. And you can go around the circle with that as well. Yep. One last thing, and I, I, I'm hesitant to, to say it, but I, it got brought up and I thought it was a great window. You might associate a tinge, just a tinge of anger, fear, and shame with the instincts. And this might be one of those other places that the types engage anger, fear, and shame. And I d- this is just a footnote, but for those of you who we haven't done a lot of work on instincts, partially because we haven't done the, the study, but self-preservation and fear go together. Um, shame and being a social type, that goes together. Mm-hmm. And and I would I would garner that you know the one to one instinct and anger might be clean, and so if you have a strong social instinct and you're a four, it might be worth describing you as a social four. But if you're a more self preserving four, it might be worth describing you as a fearful four. If you're a sexual four, it might be, it may be the case that you're an angry four. So TJ and I have a really good friend who's a four and, and he comes across as, as angry in some situations, but I bet Mm -hmm. you he's a sexual type. Sure. And, and, uh, and it may be the case that just, we see more of the anger in that type of four than we do in the other types of four. Right. And, And you could talk about that with all the types if you wanted to describe your instincts in those ways. Right. I thought that was really helpful. And if you haven't studied the Enneagram for five years, you got to just, you know, just delete that from your brain. Yeah. Ignore everything that we just said. <laughs> don't, don't jump into subtypes and instincts until you're five years in. Yeah. That's what I got, brother. Cool. And <laughs> that else? was a lot faster than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I was looking at the we... notes for this and was like, oh, this is going to take hours. Because <laughs> nope. it's a template. Like once you lay down the, the template, it's you just put the pieces into place. It's easy. It makes sense. You and I have done some good groundwork. We're ref- yeah. we're referring to past concepts. Fair enough. And maybe we're just getting good at this. <laughs> Could be that. <laughs> if somebody really thought that we were good at this, you know what they would do? Uh, give us lots of money. Which they can do in, at Patreon. Actually, <laughs> we don't have anything to offer you at Patreon, but if, if you want to support our, our work, <laughs> if, if this work actually does good for your heart and mind and soul, we only have a couple of bills, but the, the 17 people I checked today who sponsor us on Patreon, you, you guys are champions and just love the hell out of you, and it, it means the world to us, and, and you help us just pay for the few things that we need to pay for, and we're really grateful. Um, and if anybody else would like to, to sponsor it, it just means that you and I could probably throw an event in their city sometime soon. Right. We just we just need some cash to buy a tour bus or right, yeah, something. A <laughs> bus for the two of us. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know what we would buy. Like if we were buying a way to get around. So this for is touring. The, this is no, around the circle ve- vehicles. Yeah, I mean that actually is what we would do. Yeah. <laughs> TJ has we a both have pain disease that are not going to travel with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that would be a catastrophic situation. Just awful. <laughs> like, they, they just wouldn't go. Like, that's the reality of it. Wisely so. Yeah. No, you know what people would do if they really cared about us is they would give us some stars on the oh. Spotify or the iTunes. It's going to take you five seconds to just go. There's like, we have like a thousand listeners that have yet to give us any stars. Come on, you bums. Give us some stars. I don't mean that. I don't care. <laughs> Jeff's the one that cares. <laughs> I am the one that cares. Uh, reviews uh, on iTunes, stars on Spotify and iTunes are heavily appreciated. I don't know that I've ever mentioned this uh, on our podcast for the highest rated Enneagram podcaster is um, no? in terms of quality. Nice. Those yes. other famous folks, they have thousands of reviews, but but quality-wise, we're winning. Yeah. We save it to the end to remind people about stars so that only the people that like the episode actually <laughs> the people know that's who have an option. finished it are the ones who actually rate us. <laughs> but there you go. If you like your meal, you can see. Anyway, appreciate y'all. Give us some stars. Intro music is by The Collection. Uh, the jazz outro here is by the Brian Claxton. As many of you know, we started not one, but two new podcast feeds. One of them is shareable. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, you can find the Start Here podcast. It's an Enneagram podcast. This is our tool for helping people type themselves, um, get into the material. Here are the first few steps. What you can actually do with the Enneagram, aside from understanding, you know, worthless memes on Instagram. That was no dig on those of you who do Instagram. We can probably cut that. <laughs> We're not getting good stars from that person. That's <laughs> The second uh, podcast is the Movie Typing Podcast. I'm, we, I'm going through these this month. We're releasing two or three a week, just re-edited, remastered, actually filling in Cleaned some of the movie clips that we didn't get to. I have terrible news for TJ on this front. But for, for a hot minute there, I thought that Thor was actually a seven. And I went back to that podcast. My, 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 yeah. my argument's ironclad. Yeah, so when you were watching the movies, uh -huh. you started to become convinced that Thor was a seven. <laughs> and then when you listened, re-listened to your own argument, that's how convincing you I was. Decided. <laughs> <laughs> that Let latest the listener here. <laughs> that latest movie is just a. A, a, written by different writers with different agendas. Don't know who that character is. So they look like Thor, but they're actually a different person. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> That's a take. <laughs> it, can, it can happen. We're gonna we're gonna tackle Star Wars here. Not Star Wars. We're gonna tackle Star Trek here at some point, and we're gonna have a very similar take with oh, uh, yeah. Kirk and Kirk and Spock and Spock. Yeah, but but that actually is a different Kirk. Same Kirk. Time no, but no, it's a different Kirk because his oh, life experiences. It's a different timeline. Three Avengers movies, three Thor movies, six movies. That dude's a two. All right. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what I got. You got anything else? I got nothing, man. He's CJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook. Who you aren't isn't interesting. Be who you are set the world on fire or if you're a two you're gonna what we scalpel knife sword yeah something yeah. much more efficient scalpel yeah <laughs> <laughs>